Thank you, Rebecca. And yeah, thanks again to the worship team. Um, as Rebecca said, my name is Reese. For those who don't know me, I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Living Hope Belfast. And it is just that. It's an absolute privilege. And I thought um, tonight's message is it's just a little bit different. I'm going to tell you some of my story. We're going to look at God's Word together, but it's a bit of a different message because, as Rebecca already said, we'll have LSB youth in the house, and I'm so glad that they're here, and um, we're going to be hanging out after the service. But I thought it'd be good to introduce myself. Sometimes we get up here, um, we, we'll have the microphone, we just assume that everybody knows who we are. But, um, yeah, my name is, uh, is Reese. I, I have a wife called Rebecca, who isn't to be confused with either of the Rebecca's that were on the stage tonight. So um, she is a different Rebecca who has gone round to the parent room with our one-year-old son named Elias. And I am confident tonight that if you haven't seen Elias, that you have most definitely heard him at some stage. People say, because you hear him before you see him, that's how you know he's my son. He gets that from me. So if you haven't seen him, already he was born with a microphone so this is elias elias one year old um takes his good looks after his mummy obviously um takes the volume after me um elias turned one at the beginning um of he turned one a, a couple of weeks ago there at the beginning of september and it reminded me of bringing him home for the very first time when we landed uh home from hospital and um you're you're carrying him in his uh his little car seat and and it was just it was surreal when you know you, you sort of do this this preparation um when when rebecca was pregnant and it's and it's like the only conversation that you have for nine months is around um this this little baby and then all of a sudden he's here and you're like whoa he's, n he's not just a conversation now there's an actual baby in my living room like what, what what do I do with him? And then Rebecca goes to sleep, and I'm like, yo, I've never had a child before. What are you doing? What are you doing to me? But it's all good. One year on, and um, yeah, he's he's as happy and as healthy as ever. But it, yeah, it was it was it was so surreal bringing him home for the first time, um, because all of the things that we we had sort of prepped for and and all the theory well you start to put it in to action and and i'm sure that um every parent in the room will relate to this statement we had a child and everything changed it, like everything um ev everything about our life i can't stress to you enough and if you're a parent you'll know this like your whole priority shift your your daily routine shifts or or maybe you don't have a routine because because babies just like to get up at ungodly hours and 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 keep you up and and that's still happening a year later by the way so they it's just this it's just this crazy crazy amazing journey that we have been on but but yeah, our, our entire lives changed. I used to go to the cinema every other week. Like every other week. I have not been to the cinema in over a year. I haven't got to see Barbie. I know. I've, like, we, we've, we've missed out on, on every big release. I haven't been there. And, and the other day, 
I say everything changes. The other day we, we brought him to, to the beach, kind of like property for the first time. And it's funny because it was only last weekend, but it feels like a long time ago when you look at that day out there today. But it was last weekend and, and we decided to go to the beach. And, and honestly, see the amount of stuff that you carry with you. you, uh, you pr- I promise you, it's like you're moving to the beach. It's, it's unbelievable. You're... Bags upon bags, and then Rebecca's like, do you want to bring a cooler with some drinks? Are you serious, woman? Like, honestly, like, I don't, I don't have, like, I don't have any more hands or arms or, or neck. There's stuff tied around your neck. There's, there's stuff in, in either arm and either hand. It's, it's unbelievable. And you just, your, your whole life is just carrying things around and, and bringing, and if, if you're not physically carrying him, I'm pointing to the chairs, if he's there, he's around the parent room now, he's, he's relegated most services now because he just, like, the, the worship's fine because he's clapping and he's loud, but see, after that, just no game, he's just too loud, so he's, um, he's around in the parent room, but yeah, like, your, your whole life is either carrying him or carrying his stuff. And, and we had a child and, and everything changed. And do you know what? This isn't, this isn't a new thing. Like I said, a lot of you will have experienced this as, as parents in the room. A lot of, a lot of you will, will know this and understand this. And children coming along and, and everything changes. It's something that's been happening for thousands of of years and and the bible records it too and just a few examples that that i can give you of parents in the bible we have abraham and sarah and their story is amazing because they're they're promised a child and and sarah laughs because they're old and age they shouldn't be able to have a child it's it's something that 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 they feel has gone past them and, and they shouldn't be able to have a child. They, they were old, but God told them that in their old age that they would have a son. And so here was their son, Isaac, that came along and he was then the fulfillment to God's promise. And everything changed. Because when Isaac comes, then there is the, the heir to the covenant, to the promise that God had made with Abraham, that his descendants would be large in number and, and that they would that they would praise God, that, that, they, that uh, his descendants would bless, he would bless, that God would bless all the nations through Abraham's descendants. And so Isaac was the first step in the fulfillment of that promise. A child and everything changes. You have Elkanah and Hannah. Again, Hannah was barren. Unable, that means she's unable to have kids. She, she couldn't have kids. And, and it really upsets her. It really gets her down. Of course it would. Um, of, of course it would when you so badly want kids, but you're unable to have them. And then God blesses her with a child. When, when, when it seems like she is unable to have one, God blesses her with a child. And, and what she does is she dedicates him to God. She said, God, you take him and you do what you will with him. And God uses him. The life of Samuel becomes pivotal in, in not just her life, in the life of her nation. In Israel's history, this, this guy grows up to be a prophet. He, he grows up to, to anoint the first two kings of Israel. He was, he was the last in the line of judges. And he's actually considered by many to be the greatest of judges. Again, Samuel comes 
and everything changes. Zechariah and Elizabeth, and again, well on in years, shouldn't be able to have children. It, it's, it's, it's not something that, that should really be on the cards for them. And they and what happens is they're, they're both well on in years. They didn't think it was possible to have kids. And then comes John, who was again fulfilling prophecy. He was a fulfillment of God's word. He led people to God. He was an immense blessing again. And everything changes. David and Bathsheba, not exactly the, the model relationship, and that's putting it lightly. They, they aren't necessarily an example to look at. But their first, their, their first son dies, and David had to repent of his sin that was, that was in his life. And then comes their son, and everything changes. An heir to the throne. The first temple is built in Jerusalem. He leads with wisdom. Everything changes. Joseph and Mary. I'm sure if, if you didn't know any of the other parents on this list, I'm sure you know Joseph and Mary. Mary becomes pregnant by divine intervention, by the Holy Spirit. And these two end up parenting the Savior. The Bible describes that Jesus is born as the Savior. And with this child, everything did truly change. They had this child and everything changed. Their, their responsibility, I'm sure, felt immense. What the Bible tells us about them is that their example, their faithfulness, their reliance on God, it's, it's to be honored, it's to be revered. Their, their son, Jesus, their son would go on to be the sacrifice again. They have a son. They have the son. And everything changed. And, and what, what is this, this, this phrase that I keep using? Why do I keep looking at this and everything changed? Well, like I said, it's a little bit of a different message. And that's because this is our theme in youth this year. We're talking about these real life-changing moments. These real shifts in a person's life where everything changes. Like, where, or, or at least it feels like it does. You know, you know something happens. And, and everything just moves. And we talked about it there just a second ago. When, when people have kids, everything feels like it changes. You, and and, and maybe, maybe that's um, a bit beyond where you are. Uh, like even, even tonight there, I'm talking to somebody who just got a wee dog. And we made that mistake too. So when you get a dog, everything changes. If you don't have a dog, keep it that way. Um, yeah, at least you can put him out the back. I can't put a lass out the back. I can put the dog out the back. But yeah, like you, you, you get this, you, you get it. I talk about a bundle of joy and somebody tonight actually referred to their dog as like a bundle of joy. It was like this, uh, this, um, this thing that changed their life. But yeah, people get dogs and, and, and their whole life changes. Or, or maybe we look um, to, 
to young people and when you change school I remember I remember changing school and it was it was a massive change for me it was a real scary change for me I I, I didn't like it and I, I didn't really deal with it well or even year in school you go from one year to the next and and it's like a it's a plethora of changes you'll change teachers and you'll you'll change your schedule and you'll change subjects and 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 everything changes or or maybe it's um Maybe it's a relationship that changes your life, the, the starting of one, the, the ending of one, or, or the loss of somebody. That, these moments, they feel like they change everything. We all, we all experience these moments of real change. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to teach the young people about, um, through this series, about some significant people in the Bible, some significant people in God's Word who went through significant changes, who had significant encounters, and their lives would be changed forever. And the Bible speaks so much about this subject of change. It's not, it's not silent on it. You'll, you'll look at Ecclesiastes 3 and you'll see that for everything there is a season and a time for every matter, every activity under heaven. And this talks about how change is inevitable. The, the Bible actually says, it, it references the fact that, that you will go through change in your life. That's what seasons are. We understand seasons as far as the calendar goes, but the Bible talks about your life in seasons and how everything in your life, it changes. And change is inevitable. And we look at Romans 12 that tells us as believers to, to, not, be tra- to not be conformed sorry, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. This, this verse, it would tell us about the transforming power of change through renewing our mind in Christ Jesus. We, we can change as a person. Our minds can be renewed. Maybe there's a, um, we, we've referenced this today a little bit, and that wasn't necessarily on purpose, but maybe there's a battle going on in your mind. Know that God's word offers you a renewing. Know that it offers you a chance for everything to change. It's not just for the people that, that it presented to you. It's not just for the church there that it is written and presented to you. It is for us today too. There, the, the Word of God, His Holy Spirit, it has the power to transform everything. To renew your mind. And I'm sure, I know that all of us at one stage or another, or, or maybe you're in that season now, I know that you will have felt that you needed to renew your mind. You needed a transformation. You needed a shift. And just know that God presents that to you. There is an opportunity and it is real. And, and in 2 Corinthians, it tells us if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. It tells us that the old passes away and the new comes. We are totally transformed by Christ. Our, our lives look totally different. It tells us that, that the old passes away. 
So can I encourage you that if you've already accepted Christ into your life, know that you do not need to live the way that you were living. Know that Christ is offering you a new way. Know that he has given you a new path. Know that, know that he has lit in front of you where you need to go. He has given you his word as an instruction, as a help, as a guide. And know that you can become a new person if you haven't, if you haven't accepted Christ into your life. And, and maybe uh, tonight you're here and, and that's the truth for you. Maybe you've been coming for a few weeks or a few months and, and people talk about, um, they talk about like, it's like they're dipping their toes. It's like they're just getting a feel for the place. And, and we, we were praying in that room tonight and, and I was praying and I was praying for our, for young, our young people and for our church and, and I was praying that it wouldn't just be the enjoyment of church that would bring people back. That it would be a transforming encounter with God and his Holy Spirit that would lead you to come back to this place. This is a good house. We, we, we have fun. We have uh, good worship. With half decent preaching, or maybe we don't. Um, preachers that think they're funny, but this this is a good place to be. It really is. But but that's not what it's about. It's it's not about you you coming and ticking a box and and starting to just feel this uh, this this ritual and this this good feeling of being in church there there's an opportunity here to to leave the entire the old things behind and to accept a new life in Christ Jesus to be completely transformed and it's outside of these walls it's outside of a service to be transformed Isaiah 43 talks about God doing a new thing Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And, and this encourages us to recognize God's work in bringing about change, in, in, in starting new things. So, so know that. Know that not only does, does the Bible tell us that there will be change in life, not only does it tell us that, that we can experience change, but it actually tells us that God will do new things, that he will start it, that he will transform your life. Behold, can you see that God is doing a new thing? It says, do you not perceive it? Can you not see it? It's not just a case of just being here. God wants to do something miraculous in your life. And when we started looking at this subject of everything changed, and when I started looking at the people that we are studying in youth and, and the changes that they encountered, I started to think about my own life and, and all the people that we're looking at, whether it be, it be Matthew or Paul, the woman at the well, they, they all had these moments where they saw Jesus for who he really was, or they realized what it was that God wanted them to do. In, in my story, up until, um, I, I, the, up until God made a change in my life, I was, I was a, 
a teenager, a kid who, who lacked confidence, anxious about meeting new people. New people scared me, didn't like new people. I was invited to youth. And, and I honestly believe that it was God that brought me through those doors because I'd been to youth before and, and I didn't like them. And it wasn't anything to do with like wick pool tables or no Xbox or, or sweets or anything. Like, it was people. I, I was afraid of, of other people and other, other teens and what they might say. And, and I honestly believe that it was God that brought me through those doors. It was a good friend who invited me to church who invited me to youth, and, and I came to youth, and I remember thinking, we went on a weekend away, and, and, and we're, we're worshiping, we're singing these songs, and, and they are amazing, but I remember thinking to myself, I want what they have. How do I get that? And, and it was explained to me what worship was. It was explained to me what, what was going on in the room. And then I read this verse, by, by God's intervention, I, I read from Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, don't be afraid of anyone because I'm with you to protect you. I wasn't Googling verses about fear. I, I was looking at God's word. And, and at that time, with virtually no knowledge outside of what school had taught me, I, I just remember opening God's word and thinking, if, if, this, is, if this is real, I'm, I'm going to read something here. And, and this, this verse here, it wasn't necessarily written for me, but yet somehow it was. Does that make, does that make sense? God, God used these words in my life and, and everything changed. I had never, I had never sang publicly before I came to church, and then God started to use me in worship, and and I had never really had a, a kind of a big social life because I wasn't, I wasn't outgoing, and then and then God, God put in in my life these incredible people, in in church, and 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 I just remember coming and thinking that, that these people are so different, they're so kind. And, and I just, I, I craved, I yearned to be a part of it. I just wanted to be a part of it. And yeah, and, and like I said, uh, I, I, I gave my life to God. I gave my life to God. And, and I remember this fear that I had being removed. Everything changed. God began to use me in, in the church. I, I went to Bible college and that's where I met Rebecca and somehow convinced her to marry me. It took a long time, but we got there in the end. And, and for me, everything changed. And it was because of a revelation from the word of God. Another verse that really led to change in my life. Like, like I said, we, um, after, after I gave my life to God, I started doing things in the church. And, and, and this, isn't, this isn't the boast boast about anything that I can do it was God using me and 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 now like when I say at the start it's a privilege it's a privilege it's a privilege to be used by God but but this verse again and and I hope that this really encourages our young people as well it says don't let anyone look down on you because you're young but set an example for the believers in speech in conduct in love in faith and in purity 
1 Timothy 4.12. And I remember when I read that, thinking that, that as a young person, as a young person, I could be an example. And, and what I, at the time, how I applied that to my life was, was being an example in school and, and to my friends and, and to other people my age. But it doesn't say that. It says for the believers. It says that the young people can be an example to the church in faith. In faith. In, in love. In speech. They, how they conduct themselves, how young people conduct themselves, how teenagers, how kids, how they conduct themselves can be an example to believers, to people who have been on the road. Can I speak to those who have been on the road? Do you, do you look to young people? Do you see that they too can be an example? When, when young people pray or when they worship, don't, don't think that it's like a watered-down version of Christianity, that it's like a watered-down version of the Holy Spirit. They have the, the same Holy Spirit that you have. And God wants to use young people, and he's continuing to use young people. And thank God for a church that opens the door to young people, and not only opens the door, but uses them and gives opportunity to them and feeds them pizza. It's four-star pizza too. Like, it's not even... It's the good stuff. I, for me, I had this moment of realization. When I look to God's word, and I encourage you that if you're searching, if, if, if there's something in your life that needs to change, or if you need to make a change in your life, if you need new life, if you need a new life, well, everything changed when I realized what had always been the same. The Bible described this, this idea with, with Paul that I talked about earlier, where, where something like scales were removed from his eyes and that he could see. And the same thing would happen to us, that we can begin to see that the Word of God is here and has been here long before we have been here and it is there as truth. It's there to be trusted. We need to understand that before we are even born, God knows us. He has always been and will always be and he has a plan before, before you are formed in your mother's womb. God has a plan for your life and, and even when in our lives it seems like everything is changing it seems like we're going through so many different changes in life. Here's our one constant that remains the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And though these changes of life, although, although we go through these changes of life, we need, we need him who always remains the same. Jesus is good. And his goodness will always be there. Jesus is love. So his love will always be there. And when we go through change, Jesus remains the same. This verse, it, it tells us about consistency. 
Some things might feel like they are consistent in your life. Nothing is as consistent as Christ. The unchanging throughout time. The yesterday to the today, to the past, to the present and forever into the future. As we sang just before, Christ can be relied upon because he, he will always be. He is eternal. He, that, just, that means that he goes on and on, that there is no end. And we can have faith in him. We can trust in him and we encourage to place our faith and our trust in Jesus. And, and for me, it was, it was a little bit of a process, this, this um, change that was made in my life. It, it, it seemed, it, it was like a little bit of a process. And, and I know that there are people in here who are just craving a moment who are just craving that moment, that, that, that encounter, that thing that just changes everything. And I want to encourage you that you don't necessarily need a moment, but you do need a movement. Moments are just that. They, they don't last. What you need is a movement, a complete shift, a ground-shaking, chain-breaking, sun-stopping, curtain-turring, stone-rolling, life-changing movement. You need to leave behind what was before and accept a new life, new totally changed, totally transformed. Your whole, whole life can be moved by God. And this movement, we believe, begins at the cross. Jesus Christ goes to the cross as a man who has never done anything wrong. And he's put on the cross that's reserved for people who have done the absolute worst. Because we see this cross, this symbol everywhere on, on jewellery and, and on buildings and just literally everywhere we see the cross. Sometimes it's a little bit watered down to us. Know that it was reserved for the worst of criminals and know that Jesus Christ who hung upon it had never done anything wrong in his life. Not a thing wrong. He loved, he was compassionate, he reached out to those who were unloved, who were on the fringes. He seeked to change people's lives. He seeked to offer people new life. This movement, it begins at the cross. Jesus, sinless saviour, hung on the cross for you and for me. You need to understand how much God loves you. He loves you so much that he would send this perfect man to the cross to die for you. So that you can have a relationship with him. He offers you entirely new life. He wants to transform you completely. And in order to do that, he sends his son to the cross. His son dies on the cross. Painful, horrific. This, this man with no sin, he, he hangs on the cross. He dies on that cross. He is buried in a tomb. 
and then he rose. Three days, he lay in a tomb, and then he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, when this, this moment in history happens, not just words on a page, don't, don't believe that they're just words on a page, they're not. When this moment in history happens, when Jesus Christ died, was buried for three days, and rose again from the dead. What happens is he proves everything that was ever said um, about him. Everything that he said about himself was absolutely true. And if that is the case, then know that the new life that he offers you, know that the transformation that he offers you, it's something that you need to accept. It's a change that needs to be made and it only becomes possible because Jesus Christ lived, died and rose again from the dead. And God has given you the chance. God has given you the opportunity to move from darkness to light, to accept his invitation. And, and the Bible would put it this way. That, that all of us have sinned, that we are all in need of a saviour. Jesus Christ is that saviour. And it tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, you say the words that he is Lord. When you say those words, you also say that, that you are in need of a saviour. You say that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you believe in your heart believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God wants to offer you new life. And, and when you're sitting, squirming in your chair, thinking that you know you need a change, but it means, it means changing everything. Like the circles that you run with and your, your family you, you'll, you'll have to tell them, you'll, you'll have to leave this place, you'll have to give up a lot of things. God is with you, and he is for you, and he is not against you. And, and the song that we are going to sing at the end here, it, it tells us about how deeply God loves us. That he would send his son to die on the cross for us. And listen, because of that, because of the words that we sing, because of the truth that we know, know that he will be with you. And every, every change that you need to make, every step of the way, God is with you. He is for you. He is not against you. And nothing in this world should stop you from giving your life to him. I'm going to pray as the team comes up. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, that you love us maybe more than we can ever understand. God, thank you for the deep and incredible love that you have for us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, the constant in our life when everything changes. And I pray that tonight that somebody will know that they will accept, that they must make a change in their life. And God, we just pray that, that your Holy Spirit would move in people's hearts, that you would lead them to get prayer and the people
would commit their lives to you. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen.